podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Joe, are you watching the NFL Combine, or have you seen it? Any of it today? Uh, you know, the last few days at work have been uh, insanely busy, so I haven't been as active uh, on Twitter or anything like that. But this evening, before we started recording, I, I opened Twitter, as I am want to do whenever we record, so I can get the Zoom link that you send me. Yeah. And the first thing that popped up was a familiar name for us, uh, a wide receiver by the name of Tyquan Thornton about half an hour ago, ran a 4.21 second 40 yard dash, which would be the fastest 40 in the history of the NFL combine. And fun fact, let me, let me pull this up real quick. What year was it? What year? Okay. In, was this this year's Super Bowl? It doesn't say what year, but at one point at the Super Bowl, Usain Bolt ran a 40. Yeah. 4-2-2. So we're, we're essentially <clears throat> saying right now that Tyquan Thornton is faster than Usain Bolt. And the crazy thing is, he may not be the fastest Baylor player to run that's there to this year. You still got Boogie Barnes who has to run. Yeah, and that, that was the expectation. Was I had seen rumors that there there was an expectation that like Kalen Barnes could be the one that broke this record. But man, I, I didn't. Ex- I I've always thought Taekwon was fast. I didn't think he was that fast. That is that is some crazy speed. Well, I think Barnes holds like the Texas State high school record for the one hundred. Uh, I think you're correct. Yes. So yeah, and but he they don't DBs are running Sunday, so he got a couple of days. But but then you forget like Treston's also going to run, and he's fast too. He's fast. I've seen but him he's pull not, away he's from not, people. He's not four too fast. No, but I mean, Baylor's going. I saw one of the um, the draft guys I follow on Twitter, Dane Brugler. He said Baylor brought a track team to Indianapolis. <laughs> well, and you know. As much as some of, some of us, myself included, like to like to hate on Matt Rule and uh, the way that he left the squad, we all knew when he was rebuilding the program after everything that happened uh, with Bryles, he went on the recruiting trail and focused on the thing that you cannot coach, and that is speed. Yeah. And so, if you were fast enough, he always assumed I can teach you how to play football. I can't teach you how to be fast. So, yeah. We're, we're seeing that now. These are the guys that Matt Rule recruited, and they're burners. Um, so yeah. it's 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 a huge representation of the football team, too, under Dave Aranda. I mean, I would be using this moving forward like crazy. Come here and show off at the combine. Yeah, the thing, like, the rules whole, like, recruiting um, style was we're going to recruit, like, a certain prototype. Right. Speed-wise, height, wingspan. All the stuff that you can't coach. Like I can, I can take a a two and a half, three star player who's has these measurables, and I can teach them how to play football. I can coach them up because 
we have that kind of confidence in our our ability to develop Mm -hmm. so and it worked it worked yeah i would go from i'm not going to rehash history but yes it worked (laughs) speaking speaking of the football team I mean, we love football talk, and it's not football season, so screw it. We'll, we'll dive in. Did you see the video of Gary Bohannon today? Oh, the uh, was it 6'10? 610 pound squat. Yeah. Um, did you see, speaking of Khalil Keith's video, 700 pound squat? What are they, man? I don't know what they're feeding these kids in Waco, but. Our newest Baylor Bear, I think he's the newest Baylor Bear, Jackson Player, his uh, 500 pound bench press. Oh, he's the uh, what the Tulsa transfer? Yeah, Waco kid. Yeah, and he he's going to be playing next to Ika. Yeah. Oh, buddy, you can bench 500 pounds. You know, I wanted to. I I didn't want to get too hyped. You know, after. Big 12 championship sugar bowl. It was like a temper your expectations. You never know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm going to let myself do it. I'm going to be oh, I'm so excited for next year already. How could you not after they released that like recap video or whatever they called oh, it? Oh, six and a half minutes long. Oh, it yeah. was so good. So I was going to start off with uh, basketball, but we had to jump into the, the football talk because of Taekwon's putting, you know, the NFL's Twitter accounts tweeting at BU football. And like you were talking about, as far as a recruiting tool, you have NFL, you have Sports Center, SI, all those like big media sports companies, and you're tagging Baylor football and Taquan Thornton with their, but it's like 4.21, which is, I still can't even wrap my mind around it. Not at all. And the other thing, mean, where is the combine? Do you know? Uh, Indianapolis. At Lucas Oil Stadium. Great yeah. things happen to Baylor Bears in that building. Yes. Speaking of, um, so there's been quite a turn of events over the last week. We didn't record last week. Um, so Joe, can you tell me where things sit with the, the men's basketball team with the men's basketball team? So I don't know if you remember, but I think the last time we recorded was just after our second loss to Texas tech. Mm-hmm. We were, I think two and two games, essentially two games in the loss column, uh, behind the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, I think we were tied with Texas Tech at that point as well. Uh, and our prospects of winning back-to-back Big 12 championships were, for all intents and purposes, non-existent, considering the schedule that both Tech and Kansas had left compared to ours. But Matthew, let me tell you, since that day that we last recorded, we played a game against those Kansas Jayhawks where the game started and I thought, here we go again. Yeah. And this is going to be another blowout. I'll, I'll watch it, but we just don't have it. And then at some point about halfway through the first half, something clicked. And yeah. Drew figured out a rotation and a style of offense that works with this group of players with all the injuries that we have. And for three quarters of that game, let's be honest, we we were a better basketball team than the Kansas Jayhawks with seven guys playing. Yeah, we have a seven man rotation going on right now, and you have a you have players like Del Bonner who really wasn't expected to. It was a developmental year supposed to be, 
and he's having to put, you know, significant minutes because of just injuries. We're down our leading scorer. Um, Everyday John out for the rest of the year. You know, the kind of spark plug for the team. And somehow Coach Drew has found a way to keep him engaged and motivated and, and bought in for this season to sit where what half a game up, like you said. And really we're one win Saturday from getting a share of the big at least a share of the Big 12 title. Don't get ahead of yourself though, because I mean that we got to tell the whole story. Because after that Kansas, when we were we were still a game back, still a game back from them. And yeah. we had to play the number 20 team in the country, the Texas Longhorns, for the second time this season. We'd already beaten them once. In Austin. In Austin, in the very last basketball game they would ever play in the Frank Irwin Center in Austin, Texas, where they'd played since, I think, 1977. And we waxed them. Yeah. They didn't... I, that team doesn't deserve to be on the same floor as the Baylor Bears. And just like we did with Floyd Casey, we closed the stadium by beating the University of Texas. Yep. But at that point, we're still behind Kansas in the loss call. There, they Kansas was 12 and 3 at that point, and we yep. were, you know, 13 and 4. 13 and 4. But then out of nowhere, the worst person we know. Our, the our good friends in Fort Worth. The worst people we know. The TCU Horn Frogs out of nowhere pull off the amazing upset and beat Kansas. So now we're to what you just mentioned. We are tied with Kansas in the loss column with one game to go, meaning if we beat the Iowa State Cyclones on Saturday, no matter what Kansas does in their games against TCU and Texas with the rest of the way to go, we will own a share of the Big 12 title, which means we would be back-to-back Big 12 champions. It's just huge, man, with Everything that we had to replace and the injuries that we've gone through this year, it's it's unbelievable. And, you know, Kansas had to, like, play TCU, like, in, like back-to-back games because uh, – Postponements COVID, from COVID, yeah. yeah. And currently, um, TCU's up by five on those Jayhawks. Oh, are they we're recording. That game's tonight? Oh, you playing are right correct. Now. So a TCU win tonight gives us the big, gives us at least a share. Like we don't if yeah. they, if TCU wins tonight, we don't even have to win on Saturday. We're gonna just share it reverse. But a win, if I'm thinking but correctly, would give us an outright the downside. Victory. Is the downside is if TCU wins tonight and we don't win on Saturday, and Kansas beats Texas, and Texas Tech beats Oklahoma State, then it's a three way tie for the title between us, Texas Tech, and Kansas. I don't even know what tiebreakers are in basketball. It would just—I like, I believe it's just a shared title. Just, just, so they don't do like winning percentage or correct. Yeah, or, I think it's just a shared title at that point. Oh, it's just a share, a three-way shared. Title. Well, you know, everyone gets trophies these days. So, <laughs> congratulations! Thirty percent of the league is the champion. <laughs> um, so were you able to watch? Both games this uh, this past week, those two big games. I was. Yes. I watched. I watched every minute of both. The Texas game. I was quite exhausted on Monday, and uh, but I I still stayed up and I watched the whole thing, and it felt great. I was that was a that was just a solid win, man. That was a great, great, great win. I was lucky enough. Like I don't know if you're familiar with Mardi Gras, but I've been I've been enjoying. My family's from Louisiana too. No, you know so. Both nights, like Saturday night, we took the kids to a parade 
And then we went out to eat and I just happened to have, it was like at a sports bar restaurant. So I hadn't put the game on. So I got to finish the second half of the Kansas game. And then we went to another parade Monday night. And again, we went out to eat with my sister-in-law and I had them, it was on the Texas game. So I was lucky enough to be enjoying like seafood and beer and uh, watching basketball. So it was a, it was a good time. I saw the, uh, I saw the picture you posted of the, the awesome mask your daughter had. Oh yeah. She has a wild like mask that lights up. And so, yeah, they, uh, they enjoyed it. It was a good time. And All right, Matt. So we're talking about, you know, the men's side of things and we're kind of burying the lead for sure. You know, and we, I will mention that they are now, they, they are now back in the top three in the country in the AP poll, mm-hmm. uh, solidly projected to be a number one seed. I think the three uh, in the net also, I think. I think you're correct. And I think they might be two in Ken Palm now. Yeah. Um, so just an excellent coaching job. They're probably the best coaching job that Scott Drew's ever done. But there's another basketball team on campus mm-hmm. who lost their coach this year or at the end of last year. Yeah. Brought someone new in, lost a couple of games early to, to really top top end teams. Mm-hmm. Lost a couple of big 12 games that people didn't think that they should have lost. And very early on, like November timeframe was written off by, you know, a portion of this fan base. For sure. And what did they do, Matt? They went out and won their 12th straight Big 12 championship. 12 straight. In a essentially a de facto conference championship game in yeah. Ames, Iowa against uh, an upstart and really, really solid. I won't call them upstart. They've had the same coach for like 30 years, but, um, you know, a great um, year. Iowa State's had, a, I mean, and they were what ranked? They were top 10, weren't they? They were, I think, eight, I want to say, yeah. when we played them. And that was like for the, I mean, you're right. It was the fact of the championship game. Yeah. I mean, whoever won that game was guaranteed at least a share. Of, it wasn't close. Time. I mean, that, well, and we, we, we creamed them in Waco, mm-hmm. but this game's in Ames. They were ready to go. They were it's psyched up. Senior day for Ashley Jones, one of the, the like Mount Rushmore level women's basketball players in Iowa State's history. And they, we, we just destroyed them again. Destroyed did, them you, again. did you get to watch that game? I watched the second half, I believe. I watched, I watched buzzer to buzzer and, I saw a lot of complaining about refereeing. It was an extremely physical game. And I did think that the fifth foul that Ashley Jones got out with about six minutes left that she fouled out on. I thought it was a ticky. I thought it was a poor call, uh, especially yeah. on senior night. You're, gonna, you're not going to foul somebody out on the call that they gave her. But overall, like it looked like a big 12 basketball game to me that the refs were just kind of like letting some stuff go. But the, the reason Iowa state lost that game is because they just couldn't make a bucket. They just could not buy a shot. And a lot of it was the defense that we were putting on the perimeter Iowa State likes to shoot threes, and they weren't able to shoot any threes. And Melissa Smith, my God, Matt, it's it's some of the stuff that she can do. I posted a picture of like comparing her to Akeem because she's got the dream shake, man. Like she goes down there and she does like that little pivot move and fade away. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful basketball. There's there's no doubt in my mind, and I could be wrong, 
She's she's like the number one pick in the WNBA draft without a Proje- doubt. Yeah, she's projected number one overall without pick. And in my mind, she's the Big Twelve Player of the Year. Oh, for um, sure. Even the um, who we've already mentioned, Iowa State player. She is right in there, right there with her. Um, I can't remember the K State. I think it's K State has a. Yeah, K State. Uh, oh, I, I can't, can't remember, remember her name. name off the top of my head. She's in the running too, but in in my mind. I mean, Melissa Smith is hands down the Big Twelve Women's Player of the Year. Oh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any question. A- Aoka Lee, that's her name. Yes, and I am biased, of course, but just the way she plays, the I mean, she just there's things that she can do that you just don't see very often, and she just dominates. Yeah, and she's gonna be at least top three for national player of the year. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's basically a, uh, a three woman race between Aaliyah Boston from South Carolina, Caitlin Clark, Iowa, uh, Iowa and Melissa Smith. So honestly, any of those players winning it, you're, I'd be, you're fine with like, they're all, they're all transcendent, amazing basketball players. So, uh, of course, I'm going to throw my hat in for Nelissa Smith because she's she's just so good. She's the only player in the country that averages more than 21 points and more than 11 assists a game. She averages a double-double. Yeah. It's just, it, we've been blessed to have a lot of good players come through Baylor, especially with the former regime and the players we've seen come through on the women's side. And she might be the best of the bunch. Yeah, this is this is a great squad. I, I, I every time I watch them play, I have fun and, I, you know, couldn't be more proud of them as a group. And let's uh, man, how sweet would it be? They've already secured their championship. The men go out win Saturday and and secure that. And we just we, we hold both for a second year in a row. Yeah. How crazy would it be? If you you could say Baylor football won the Big 12 championship. Men's basketball won the Big 12 championship. Women's basketball won the Big 12 championship. I mean, that's like a, a crazy in in the 20, you know, the 21, 22 season. Yeah. The, our three major sports just completely dominated the conference. Yeah. And what, what I mean, you think about it, it would be women's basketball won a conference championship. Men's basketball won a conference championship come into the fall football won a conference championship come back into the spring and women's basketball won a championship and yeah. men it would be five straight yes conference championships in the three major sports five straight ridiculous go back to 2006 and walk up to to freshman me and say that that's that's what you can expect i'd i'd laugh at you Yeah, there, there, there was just no my brain back then and the state that Baylor athletics was in. There's my brain wouldn't have been able to process that because you got to think like, oh, six. That was only what, three years from the scandal. Men's that was only three scandal. years from the scandal. And Guy then, Morris was the football coach. Baylor now, football was not good. Now, that, the women's basketball team had won the national title the year before. So. We had we that had a pedigree in in the women's side of the game, but the men's side of sports was just so drastically far behind. Yeah, 
It were would, you there uh, for like the Kevin Steele era? Um, I was in Waco. I wasn't at Baylor. Gotcha. Um, I came to Baylor. Um, when I, with Art Bros. Mm. So I, because I, I transferred, so I, I came to Baylor with Art Bros. Um, and had a good couple of years, but it was like the years where it was like still four and eight, four and eight. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like yeah. You know, it was like the I think oh eight oh nine. So. Yeah, losing the first game of the year to Wake Forest. And I yeah, believe their some, quarterback then was was Riley Skinner. Well, so the I think it started, yeah, for Wake Forest was Riley Skinner. We actually started uh Kirby Freeman. Kirby Freeman, Miami transfer, who I was convinced was the answer. He was he was going to be the savior. Well, I remember from high school because he went to high school in Brownwood, Texas, which is probably about 45 miles from where I grew up. So I, I was familiar with him just from, you know, high school football. Um, and I was the same way. I thought, well, this will be great. Cause, cause I knew Robert was coming in highly touted, you know, but he was a track he, kid. It, yeah. it, it was speed guy. Yeah. But I thought this would be great because you have this quarterback transferring from Miami to Baylor is going to give him a year to kind of, he doesn't have to start right away. And then I think, I don't know if he lasted a quarter before he they lasted, the, he lasted a half. I was I was at the game. There were there yeah. was no one else at the game. I was there. <laughs> that has my probably my favorite play of all of Robert Griffin's highlights. The the the, the, the sideline stop, stutter step and then just like accelerate. It was ridiculous. I remember sitting. I was sitting there with my roommate, and there were so few people at the game. I think I've told this story on Twitter a couple of times. There were so few people there. We were smoking cigarettes in our seats at Floyd Casey and just like there was nobody around us and security didn't care. And I remember like we're sitting there and he does that little sideline stutter step, the stop and go. It was the Reggie Bush play. Yeah. And my roommate and I looked at each other and the immediate thought was like, that guy's not supposed to be playing here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and I remember this about RG three is like, you know, he came in, he was a spring enrollee. And then he like win the Big Twelve championship and like in the hurdles. Hurdles, I believe. Yeah, like he went from like high school to like Big Twelve champion in track a track event. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, he was. I mean, that was that really was the beginning of football. Was 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 his rise, and that correlated with the same time for Drew because it was what two thousand eight was the. Um, the year that we broke the uh, the kind of the curse for making the tournament, we ended yeah. up. If I remember right, we lost to Purdue in the first round that year, but it was awesome. We made the tournament. Yeah. Two thousand nine, we didn't have as great of a season, but we made the magical run in Kansas or in Oklahoma City to make it to the Big Twelve championship game. Now mm-hmm. we lost to Missouri in that one. I was there for that, and then I was there for that as too. I went to every single game in the 2009 Big 12 championship. That was my, it was during spring break and it was my 21st birthday. So me and a bunch of buddies, we got a hotel room for the week and we only bought tickets to the first game of the tournament, which was Nebraska. Um, Because we had just lost to Nebraska to end that season. So we assumed we're probably going to lose the first game. Then we'll just party in Oklahoma city the rest of the week. We'll go to the casino, stuff like that. um, Because it was my 21st. Well, we beat Nebraska and I was friends of friends 
with Josh Lomers. Okay. And so like I was close friends with somebody that was a close friend with him. So I had his phone number through that connection. And after they beat Nebraska in the first round of the tournament, I texted Lomers and said, Hey, great game. You know, it was really cool to watch you guys. And he, he texted me back and said something like, are you here? And I said, yeah. Um, you know, some, it's my 21st, my buddies, you know, the whole, the story about why we were there. And, and he said, well, do you have tickets for tomorrow? And they were playing Kansas the next day. Yeah. And I said, no, we, we didn't buy any. We're going to go try to find some. And he said, well, give me the names of the guys that you're with. And uh, I'll put you like nobody's families came. So we'll put you on the player list. We were like, oh, OK. So we go out and we party all night and we, we have the early game the next day. Again, mm-hmm. it's the first game. And we, of course, we have our alarm set. We get up. We're 21. We're hungover. It's the worst thing ever. And it's snowing outside in Oklahoma City. So we're like, you know what? You know, Lomers can get mad at me if he wants. We're just we're going to skip the game. We decide we decide we're going to skip the game. So we turn it on TV and five minutes in, you realize like, hey, we're we're kind of playing pretty good in this thing. So we we pile in the car, we drive, we drive down, we get there at halftime and they get us our tickets and we're sitting. I'm not I'm not kidding you. We're right behind the Baylor bench and we watch us beat Kansas. It was amazing. So I text Lomers again after the game. That was awesome. Thanks so much, man. He gets us in for the semifinals against the University of Texas, who we beat then again. Unfortunately, when we made it to the championship game against Mizzou, all the families wanted to come. So (laughs) we actually had to buy tickets for that. Yeah, we we went to the Mizzou game. We drove up from Waco. So we had, you know, been watching it. We were in Waco, all my buddies. And we we decided, I guess, before that, I guess it was the Texas game. We're like, hey, if we be if we make it to the championship game, let's just go. So we just went on like whatever ticket exchange website, StubHub or whatever it was, and got you know tickets. And we drove up four hours to Oklahoma City, and it's it's weird because we didn't have great seats, but there are some like really great seats, and no one was sitting in. So we just went and sat there, and no one ever came and told us anything about it. So we're like right at almost court level. And it, you know, it didn't go our way, but it was, it was a great experience. We bought, we bought club seats because we splurged because we had gone to the Kansas and Texas games for free. And so, and it was and again, it was by 21st. So my buddies were like, Oh, we're going to go sit in the club because that was for the, for the tournament. That was the only place they were selling alcohol. Okay. So the joke for us was like, we got to, we got to drink alcohol at a Baylor game. Um, hmm. But I, my favorite thing about that Mizzou game, even though we lost, was all of the Kansas fans there that had bought tickets for the whole tournament, assuming Kansas would make it to the end, came to the championship game and were cheering for us because they hated Mizzou so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mizzou. What could have been? What could have been? Man, ah, that would have been so sweet if we had won that. But anyway, that that long tangent was to lead yeah. us into around the same time. That was when basketball got good. and now. We're the elite athletic department in the entire conference. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about. It. Like Mm-mm. there are, there are, there are multiple programs that have better baseball and softball teams than us. But when it comes to the money sports, nobody hangs with us. Nobody it's, touches us. It's to the point where, like, you know how we do, like we did this off season, where he was like, 
you got to extend uh, Dave Aranda because he had this great year or, you know, worried about Scott Drew, which I'm not really worried about. But, you know, the year is kind of like rumors going around after the championship. It's one of those times like, hey, you need to lock up like Mac Rhodes. I don't know what you make him. What you have Give to change him, his title. Mac yeah, Rhodes and Scott Drew both deserve the Mark Stoops conference, uh, contract. Yeah, it's like you have to because when he came in right after the right when the scandal was breaking, you know, he, you know, after Ian McCall left, you bring him in. Speaking of Mizzou, you bring in Mac Rhodes from Mizzou, who was going through their own set of issues at the time. And he had to, you know, steer the ship through a 1-11 season and the news cycle. seems like every day there's another Baylor story coming out that uh, was negative. And to weather that storm, to guide the program to where it is now, is that's, that's an amazing feat in my estimation. Yeah, and to be like, I hope that he gets paid all the money in the world, but – yeah, I, I can tell you, I, I am not worried about him leaving because, um, again, this is like friend of friend of friend kind of stuff. But I know people that have worked for him at other schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the reasons he left Missouri, bringing Mizzou back up in the middle of a massive scandal mm-hmm. to come and be our athletic director here is because both he and his family wanted to be in Texas. Uh, they enjoyed their time when they were in Texas at the University of Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also he worked for like eight years at UTEP yeah. uh, before he got his first AD job at, at Akron. So, I mean, he spent uh, hold on. Let's see. Eight years. He, yeah, he spent eight years at UTEP. He spent six years at Houston and he's been at Baylor for six years now. So that's 20 years of his career he spent in Texas. This is where he and his family like being. Um, so there are really not many athletic departments in this state. If your desire is to be here um, that are better than that. And he also has a pretty religious family from what I've been told. So being at a school like Baylor is uh, I think, I think he's uh, um, like they're very Catholic. And, and it was funny. I remember when there was, there was some like rumor, quote unquote rumors. It was like bloggers with a wish list um, talking about him going to Miami. And somebody talked about, um, like, why would anyone want to live in, in like a small religious, you know, town like Waco when you could be in Miami? And it was Dex Hinton on Twitter that was like, I don't think you guys understand. That's a feature, not a bug for these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Aranda. Like, you could tell, like, he's built different. Yeah. The only school that legitimately worries me that could steal Aranda from us would be UCLA. I don't know. I think someone brought it up on a podcast. They mentioned, like, I think it was Split Zone Duo. They were talking about, like, if Wisconsin ever opened, they could see Aranda going to Wisconsin. I don't think he's there, going back up us. He's been there, and he kind of that would kind of feed be the right level because there's not a lot of scrutiny in in Madison, like there would be with some of these other like Ohio State or Michigan or something like that. No, there's plenty of scrutiny in Madison. I think you can live under the radar there, though. They just fired a coach. <laughs> well, not their football coach. Yeah, there a couple of years ago. What was his name? Uh... I thought they fired somebody recently. No. I don't know. No, but that's like I, I don't think I don't think Aranda's going back up north. I UCLA is the is the program that would scare me with him. Because you want to talk about being under the radar, you can be Chip Kelly just got an extension there. <laughs> well, but I don't think Aranda's leaving anytime soon. Um, no, I don't either. 
So I just, I just I mean, think he's one of those guys. Like he'll he'll probably be banging for a while just because it suits his temperament. So yeah, but Baylor fans, it's why I often say, just enjoy the ride because there were people on both the men's and the women's side this year and in the football side after the Oklahoma state loss, there were lots of people that were ready to throw in the towel and the sky is falling and the world is ending. When you're watching an artist paint a portrait, wait till he's done more on the women's side than the, the men. Cause I think there, are I think a like- lot of people gave up I, myself included. I didn't, I assumed when we were talking to Tristan, I was talking about, Hey, I hope tech wins it. Cause I don't think Baylor will. Um, True. You know, so, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well, but I, I often like to say, like, wait till it's all said and done. Like, let's let's go through the whole ride before we judge it yet. And yeah. I mean, just amazing. All, you know, all three sports, but, you know, especially because of the season that we're in, just huge like, for men's and women's I basketball. Think, I think I guess what I mean is like people were really ready, ready to like pull the plug. I wouldn't say. Yeah, people. there's a. a a minority or vocal minority of fans, women's basketball fans, they were ready like to pull the plug on Colin after like three games or something like that. It was it was wild. And well, she yeah, I mean, she opened Big Twelve play with a loss to Kansas State, which is something. Yeah. You know, oh my God, you know she lost three or four games because she lost. Yeah. You know she lost a game at Michigan. She lost a game, and then she won against North Texas. She lost a game at Kansas State. Then the TCU game got postponed, and then she lost a game at Oklahoma. So she had three out of four on the road. COVID was hitting the team as well during that time. True. And she lost three or four. And everybody was like, there was so much, there was so much. I told you so like that was, that was the vibe that I got from like a very vocal minority group of fans. I should say I I called them women's basketball fans. I think they're probably like Kim Mulkey fans. They're Kim Mulkey fans. You would probably is a more accurate description. Correct. Um, so, but I I just think it's also think it's hilarious because I listen to other podcasts that cover Big Twelve, and you could you could sense the hope in the on when they talk about women's basketball that someone else was going to win the championship this year, and I just thought it was hilarious that no, I'm sorry, fellas, it's it's what we it's what we felt about Kansas for a really long time on the men's side. You know? I feel like I feel like tweeting that a uh, um, shout out to Etta. Um, tweeting like all muffin at him <laughs> after he had so much hope, but uh, you thought it was going to be one way, yeah, but but it's the other way. So I'm excited. It's a big weekend to celebrate. I think senior night for the for the women in Waco. You get to send them out in style with the 12th Big 12 Championship celebration. Drop confetti. It'll be be a fun time in Waco. And with the men play, they're at home too. It's a home yeah, game. men play Saturday against Iowa State. We opened up at Iowa State, yeah. Yeah, so we then, book into the season with them. Yeah, the women play Sunday at, at 2 against Tech, and, and the men play, what time is that game? That game is at 5 p.m. Um, against Iowa State at home. So I think. And uh, let me look real quick. Hold on. I need to check in on our uh, TCU is currently leading by one with seven and a half minutes left in the game. So. All right. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. If they get swept by TCU, and it would be what? Their their third loss in a row. I saw uh, 
I saw a TCU fan on Twitter had, had put out some stats and it was uh, TCU's never won in Lawrence. Um, they've never won back-to-back games against Kansas. Kansas has never lost uh, three straight games or something like, or it's been uh, Bill self may never have lost three straight games. Uh, Kansas hasn't lost back-to-back games to unranked opponents or something since forever ago. Like it was all these stats that were like these crazy streaks that would end if, if TCU were to win this game tonight. Yeah. I was, I listened to the, uh, the 10, 12 podcast and they have Andy Mitts, which I love Andy Mitts. I've had him, I've talked to him before. Um, but, and he was a little, not, I wouldn't say confident, but he felt better about it considering that they, the second game was in Lawrence. And I just thought it was, I sorry, Andy, but I just thought it was hilarious that they lost the first game. And that's all we needed. I mean, they yeah. don't need to win this game for us. Yeah, no. yeah. It would just be like, to me, it'll just be hilarious. Yeah, it, it, it will be. That's the only reason I wanted to win, just for like entertainment value. Getting swept in back-to-back games by TCU is, it's all, it's not there. It's not quite there yet, but it's almost like Kansas beating Texas in football. Yeah. TCU's oh. not as bad as they have been, but. It, it's still pretty bad to lose back-to-back games to them. Did you see, I think it was, the re, I saw it was like um, Fank's tweet where it's like they went, Kansas went 0-4 in the state of Texas in yes. basketball, but um, but they, but they went, beat Texas they, in football. They yeah. went 1-0 in the state of Texas in football. So they got that going for them. I believe their women's teams also did not win uh, any games in, in Texas this year. Well, not not their year to play in Texas. Yeah, not their year. So we touched a little bit on the combine. Um, So let's just talk about some of the participants that we have Taekwon who's running, and I think he's doing drills tonight. And then the next time I think is the running backs, which I think that's tomorrow. So you have two running backs. I'm interested to see how Abram Smith does in like drills more so than running. Cause I don't think he's going to run super fast. Yeah. He's not a speed back. No. I mean, I think he's fat, plenty fast. So like four or five, I would, I would think maybe. I don't, I don't think he can hurt himself because nobody expects him to be a fast running back, Yeah, but he can, he can definitely up his stock. Yeah. But I would like to see what he does in like the, the other drills. Yeah. He's a one cut and go guy. So I, for me, what I care most about Abram Smith is that he lands in the right system. So I would love to see him in a place like San Francisco. That's like the, I don't know if, I mean, that would be the, one of the best places for him. Um, but they're kind of stacked up with running backs and, and Debo. Yeah. But everybody's hurt all the time. <laughs> yeah. But that would be the best place for him. Cause that's kind of what, what they do. It's his own running. Like he, it would be, it would just be the best fit for him. Um, Treston's a little bit more interesting because he could play. In my mind, he could play multiple positions. Like, of course, running back. He's worked really hard to be more of a every down back type of player, especially this past season. But I could also see him with his skill set be like a slot receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Ebner is. Uh... 
he he's kind of he's so unique and i i look at him in the same way i just mentioned abram like if he lands with an innovative team i know i know this guy's not coaching anymore but a guy like sean payton for example um like that style of coach could find a way to use utilize him la like sean mcveigh i think could get get a lot of use out of him um buffalo i think might be a place where he could land and do some cool things or kansas city um he need but that's i think that'll be the best thing for ebner is a place that'll allow him to play some special teams but a place that has a multiple style of offense that he can play some wide receiver he can play some back he can play some kind of like yeah and you kind of want him a place to where they utilize the running back in the passing game yes absolutely so and i don't know um there's a lot of new coaches i know Houston Lovey Smith is a new coach. I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. If they if they hired one, I, I don't. Think I, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> um, um, I wouldn't. I mean, I think Dallas could be interesting. Dallas is boring. Well, I mean, they like to throw the throw the back though. Yeah, but they they wouldn't know they wouldn't know how to use him. They wouldn't get him at like. Dallas is just boring. Like he needs to be so he like he needs to be somewhere where he's in motion and he's moving around and he gets Kansas City is really the best spot because Kansas City would be great for him. But the problem is, is they don't need him. They've got guys that are faster than him. So suppose you have like Clyde Edwards Elaire kind of is that exact same back. Yep. And they have Tyree Kill and the Tyree Kill clone. So yeah, so I mean like so LA would be cool. I think LA is probably the LA would be, would be really the cool. best spot. I, I think so too. And then on on the defensive side, you have Terrell Bernard, who didn't do anything in the senior bowl. He, you know, just talked to teams, didn't yeah, yeah, whatever shoulder I think. I think hamstring. Hamstring. Issue. Um, I don't know if he's gonna run or do I don't know if he's what he's gonna do in the combine. He's there. Um, I don't know where he fits. Because I think he's he measured in somewhere around two twenty, I believe, which might be small for a linebacker. It's pretty small. Um, I don't know because it's it's a NFL is like in this weird transitional time where you have small, fast linebackers playing, you know, playing in the NFL and you know going to the Pro Bowl. So if he's able to, you know, get to the football, read and react faster. You know, you maybe have a spot for him somewhere, but I just don't. But he is on the small side, I would think, for a for NFL linebacker. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely, think I just, I just, I don't know if he's an NFL player. I just don't. I, I don't want to be. I, I love him to death, and I hope he, I hope he makes millions upon millions of dollars in a Hall of Famer. I just don't know if if he's legitimately long term an NFL player. I'm also curious. Speaking of the draft, like how Matt Rule addresses his players that he recruited to Baylor that are all in this draft. Uh, I think it was Fank made a joke on Twitter tonight. Um, somebody said something along the lines of, uh, uh, oh, actually, I, have it. I found it. It's uh, it, Somebody tweeted like, wow, Matt Rule always recruited athletic traits, prime example, example right here. And he might not even be the fastest player at Baylor. Watch for Kalen Barnes. And and Fank said Matt Rule would also try to fix his QB situation by taking a fast wide receiver at number six overall. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's so true. 
but yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Does does Rule go after those guys? I don't know what kind of relationship they have with him. Um, well, he brought he brought in. I remember when he got the job, he brought in a lot of guys. Um, drafted Bravion, brought in Tecklenburg um, as an undrafted free agent. Brought in, you know, after Clay Johnson got, I guess he got cut from the Rams. Brought him in to the Panthers. Um, before they released him and he he found a spot with the with the Bengals but so he has he does have a history of like bringing in his guys but he also he brought in a, he's brought in a bunch of temple guys that played for him or that he recruited when he was at temple so i just wonder how that all is going to play out cuz i think you have multiple draft draftable players yeah i could see bernard landing somewhere like that i still stick to you know I mean, the, the best player that we have on the board of Jalen Petrie, yeah. I still stick to, I, I, I hope he's a Raven because he, he's a Ravens player. He just really is. I think he's also, um, I'm looking at Kansas city towards nah, the end of the they're too soft on defense, but no, but he's, he's the exact same player, uh, to replace the player that they have. Who's a free agent. Who Matthew. Yeah. I mean, he is Tyron Matthew basically. I think they're both playmakers. I think Matthew is more, I could Matthew is better at coverage. Petrie is, is better at laying you out. Yeah. But Petrie, I think Petrie showed like he's, he he's, a, he's good. He's not a bad cover guy, but, but I feel like he, he, would, he likes to get his, he likes to get dirty more than Tyron does. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I think he would feel that if they decided they weren't going to, if they did, if they went on a different way with Tyron, you know, he would feel that that role, but he could come down more to, to play the run. Cause that's, I mean, that's, he's not afraid to do that. That's, it's been proven over two years at Baylor. And then what I, I just say done. Baltimore because they are a just a loaded with swagger, cocky, just or Pittsburgh. Yeah, or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh yeah, I mean, the, the those two NFC North teams, like, I would love to see Jalen Petrie land at either of them. Yeah. But I, I think Petrie's the, the first one off the board. Like, yeah, he's going to go in the second. He'll go in the second round. I mean, I could see. Yes, I definitely think he's going to go in the second round. That If I was going to place bets. But I also could see a team just get enamored with him. And get him going somewhere at the end of the first, or a team jumping up at the end of the first, because I've heard people say like there are some teams that you know they lock him in the first round, like you know it'd be like the end of the first, but and they have him graded as like a a one two, so like a first or second round, it's like a cheater grade, but yeah, um, I think he's gonna be the first one picked. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Any other um, non-Baylor-centric sports that you've been paying attention to? Like, you know, like baseball doesn't exist anymore. So that's that's fun. Um, well, baseball does exist for Baylor. I'm actually taking my, my 10-month-old son this Saturday. Um, so I will, I will actually miss the basketball game. Uh, but I'm taking him to his first sporting event and we are going to go down to Minute Maid Park for the Shriners uh, Children's College Classic. And we're going to on Saturday watch Baylor play Tennessee in baseball. And that'll be my son's first uh, first game. Yes, 
college baseball is real. Major League Baseball does not exist. And it's not What's Major League thing. Baseball? I've never heard of it. Exactly. It's not a real thing. It's a, a social construct. It doesn't exist. Yeah, baseball, baseball, Major League Baseball is a sport that ended after 2017. I just it's, don't. It's not looking good. Yeah, it's um, one. Of, it has brought some funny stuff out, though, because um, there is a a woman named Ashley Buzzy. Um, and she's actually Colin McHugh's wife. So Colin McHugh is a current pitcher for the Braves, mm-hmm. pitched uh, for the Mets early in his career. He p- pitched for the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, but most excitingly spent a good portion of his, of, of his career in Houston pitching for the Astros, part of our 2017 World Series team. Love him to death, but his wife is one of the best and funniest people to, uh, to follow on Twitter. And I guess she had bought something from the Braves or something uh, that was outside of what he got free as a player. And she was on some sales list and a sales guy. So some kid with a sports management degree trying to make it uh, emailed her asking if she wanted to buy some group seats. (laughs) And so being the wife of a currently locked out major league baseball player, getting emailed asking if you want to buy tickets to your husband's team, she replied saying that she wanted to buy a suite for the now canceled opening weekend series, <laughs> which I mean, it's just the funniest thing in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous that the, 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 is these owners can't get their stuff together. I mean, I'm, I'm with the players wholeheartedly on this. Um, I know people argue it's millionaires versus billionaires or whatever it may be, but these guys have made record money in this sport it's continued to grow and rob manfred as the commissioner of baseball has just done nothing but make it more and more difficult to be a fan of the game i mean every single person that i know that's a baseball fan has been screaming for years now make it easier for us to watch these games like Mm -hmm. there are so many blackout rules that exist out there and when you can and can't watch your game uh, your teams play and on what platform based off of where Mm -hmm. you live and I I was talking to a buddy the other day and I said, it amazes me that I have the ability right now to watch every single major English football team in the, Mm -hmm. in the English premier league. I can watch every single one of their soccer teams, every single one of their games. I can't watch every single baseball game. I can watch champions league. I can watch premier league. I can watch Bundesliga. I can watch. I can watch. I can watch the German. I can, I can watch, I can watch every single game that PSG plays. I can watch every single game Barcelona plays. I can watch every single game they play in Serie A in Italy. Even but they I can't have, figure out how to let me watch an Astros game on my phone. I signed up for like the MLB TV or whatever app on my phone. Mm-hmm. Can't watch the games I want to watch. Can't watch no. Astros or the Rangers because I live in Louisiana. Who doesn't have a professional baseball team. Houston I get. I'm I should be able to watch Rangers games if I'm sitting in Lafayette. I have a buddy that lived in North Carolina. He couldn't watch the Nationals, Orioles, Braves, or any of the Florida teams in North Carolina. That's ridiculous. It's like, what are we doing here, guys? I think in Iowa, they can't watch. I think it's like uh, MLB TV blacks out. I think the Cubs, the Twins, both Chicago teams. Like, it's it's insane um the blackouts that you experience like because you're right you don't even live in the state of texas and you can't watch the astros or the rangers yeah 
that's what I was I was thinking because I that's the reason I got it because like I'm a Rangers fan, and I was like, oh great, I'll get the I don't get uh, whatever it's called now, Bally Sports or whatever. We used to be Fox Sports Southwest. <laughs> that's so weird. I don't get that. Um, so I was like, well, this is maybe I could watch the Rangers, and I get on there to watch a game, and it says you're blacked out, and I'm like, how? I, like I understand Houston's it's closer proximity. Maybe we're in that market for the MLB, but I'm I'm very far away from Dallas Fourth. Blackouts are dumb. They're just dumb. Yeah. And and continuing to side with the cable networks and the different like sports networks and these regional groups that they have that that have the games. The more that you keep siding with them and fighting streaming and fighting all of this stuff being online, the further behind you're going to get. It, it, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know who controls the their television contracts with these providers. Like, I don't know if, if MLB or if it's the teams themselves. It's the individual teams, too. Yeah. Because I don't like... Because didn't in um, Astros, like, that's like a DirecTV thing or ATT, whatever. Oh, yeah, they're AT&T. on AT&T Sportsnet, which used to be... Uh, Comcast Sportsnet, which before that was Root Sports. So, so I, I think that maybe only on DirecTV or no, it's uh, so I have Xfinity and I have it. It used to be so the first year that they did this, the, the first year they did this deal was when they left Fox Sports Southwest. Yeah. And they signed the deal with Comcast and they created Comcast Sportsnet. And that was only available if you had Comcast. Yeah. So there was, and Comcast was pretty new to Houston as a provider. So every single person that had AT&T U-verse, every single person that yeah. had Dish, every single person that had DirecTV, no, none of us had it. Um, and you couldn't, the Rockets also signed with that network too. So you couldn't, you couldn't watch Astros or Rockets games. And it was something like over 70% of the city didn't even have access to it. So when you hear those stories about like in 2013, um, the Astros had a, a rating of zero um, for their games. First off, I know that's not true because I watched almost all of them because I went and got com. I switched to Comcast just to watch them. But that's the main reason why is a huge portion of the city just didn't even have access to the network. Yeah, I think I signed up for the AT&T streaming thing when, it, when they acquired DirecTV. You could get like it's called, I forgot what it's called now. It doesn't DirecTV now, maybe. Um, just to watch like Astros games. That's the only reason. But they I used to have the Hulu live streaming and they had the Fox Sports Southwest. So for a while there, you would get like, you know, it's you got both. So you get like the Rangers, and then they'd also have the the Astros until they they left. And then eventually Fox, whenever Whenever they did the whole like merger and Disney had to divest all the um, regional sports networks, it's like they they left like every streaming platform. Like you, yeah. I don't. I think they're on. I don't. I don't know what they're on. To be honest with you, I think they're on just cable providers. Like they're not on any streaming platform at all. YouTube TV, Hulu, any of that. It's just yeah, a lot. That's 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 been a big that's been a major issue with a lot of the regional sports networks is they have done a poor job negotiating with like the cord cutting groups, Hulu TV, YouTube TV, yeah. that kind of stuff. 
And it's going to come to a head at some point where, because a lot of these regional sports nets, they're like packaged together and they're owned by one major company. So at and you know, Valley, like they own all those Fox regional. Exactly. And And the Astros play Astros and Rockets play on AT&T, which there are multiple, you know, there's AT&T Northwest, AT&T Southwest. So, um, and so that's, you know, these things are all packaged together. I I'm old enough to remember when I could just, I could watch the Astros on, um, on TV, not on cable, just like on TV. <laughs> like local. Yeah. Like the local channel. Yeah. Girl, when I was a kid, the Astros were just on TV. And I remember how annoying it was when they switched to Fox sports Southwest when I was probably, I don't know, like 10 or 11 or something like that was when they switched. And then you had to watch them on cable. But yeah, when I was growing up, they were on just like regular network TV. Yeah, I think on the Bally side, I think they're trying to create their own like streaming app, streaming platform for all of their regional sports networks. So you would have to either subscribe if you don't have it on your cable package, if you're like a streamer, like a cord cutter, um, you'd have to subscribe to another service that mm-hmm. you would get. I, I don't know if it does it like by your zip code or whatever to get whatever your local sports network would be but i mean they've been so clunky there's no update i don't know if that's ever going to roll out but it's just a disaster yeah it's it's not great and it's 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 why it's why baseball is dying if we're if we want to be honest about it it's why baseball is dying and by the way there is eight seconds left in the kansas tcu game TCU is down by three and Kansas just turned the ball over. So I'm watching the game cast in the background right now. Um, yeah, I just turned it on my phone. So, so let's see what, let's see what happens. Y'all can, we will react live with you guys here. Special moment on the bear den where. While they're in have, a timeout, let's just, let's just reset. So what's the significance of a TCU win? The significance of a TCU win is that Baylor is guaranteed no matter what a share of the big 12 title, because that would mean that even if we lost on Saturday, we would have the same number of losses as Kansas and Texas tech. So. And if TCU wins tonight and we win on Saturday, we are the outright champions of the big 12. So for whatever reason, I'm getting an error on ESPN saying, this video cannot play right now. After all the fun talk we've had about being able to stream and watch games, of course, that's what happens. Well, I think that is probably a bug. It's the app, app. Cause I get that too. Sometimes Yeah, it's the app for, just, for how big ESPN and for the fact that it's a part of Disney ESPN is one of the worst apps can, and it just consistently has been one of the worst apps. Yeah, and it's there's been a lot of issues with uh, ESPN Plus, not just the functionality of it, but also the level investment of they've put into it. Yeah, well, I mean, we know full full well like the Texas State game, how of a amateurish that broadcast was to be on what you push in this platform is ESPN plus, and you have these contracts with all these conferences to put these games. So you have access to them. 
to not have a professional broadcast was is embarrassing. And it's not just Baylor. I mean, Kansas State, like they absolutely hate ESPN Plus because it seems like all their games were on ESPN Plus to, at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And they're they're all they're all crappy uh broadcasts. I think I there's some sort of like this video. Official, yeah, there's some kind of delay. Official like replay. They're probably they're probably having to figure out for the 10,000th time whether or not there's enough time on the clock. Yeah, so it looks like I think Kansas has possession. Oh, the last thing I had seen was that Kansas had uh Kansas had turned the ball over. About to see. They're having, there's 9.4 seconds left. So they put time back on the clock. Because I think it was like, well, maybe less than that. But, okay, here we go. TC, no, TC's inbounding. They are dribbling okay. up the court. And they went for a layup and it was missed. They went awesome. for a two point, they went for a two point shot, missed it. And it was a a contested layup that got nowhere close. And they fouled. Cl- clearly he was trying no he was trying to get fouled i don't think they called it okay um yeah that was it was just, that was horrendous just a horrendous final play of the game tcu just fouled so barring an insane miracle kansas is going to pull this out all right so how you don't take a three in that situation is beyond me how you how you don't jamie dixon come on wow were you, like were you trying just to get like an and one is that what that was is your plan i have no idea what he was doing there i i really don't because even if he makes it there's three seconds left in the game and if they come down and make and you're gonna have to foul so that's another let's say half second so you're gonna have two and a half seconds they're gonna be shooting two free throws and now you're two and a half seconds down by three instead of nine seconds down by three like you just were just you go down there and you get your best possible three-point shot and you try to tie the game man this just a horrible end of game strategy by TCU, and and that's why they're eight and eight in conference. Okay, enough of TCU. Yeah, we're done with them. Now they're back. They're back in the doghouse where they belong. Yeah. So uh, I do think they're going to be in the tournament, though. I said enough of TCU, but I think they probably locked up a tournament bid. So. Yeah, I think TCU makes it. Uh, being a, uh, you know, having a five hundred record in this conference, that'll get you in. Um, I think, I mean, just so everyone knows, like going probably from this point forward, it's going to be a heavy basketball conversation just because you have the big 12 tournament coming up. I think probably next, next week, right? Yeah. This, this is the final weekend. So in like next weekend would be the tournament. I believe that's how the Correct. schedule goes. And yep. then you have selection Sunday. And then you have the you go into March Madness, baby. So it's like it'll be heavy uh, men's and women's basketball, college basketball, um, going forward. And I do you do brackets? Is that your? Do you do that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had such a great time last year because I think I had the same bracket. I won multiple multiple pools just because I had Baylor winning it all. I, I I have I have a I have a Baylor wins bracket every year, no matter no matter what seed we are. So I think I had Baylor in Houston and Gonzaga 
in the final four didn't have UCLA, but I think that's what helped me just because they all made it, you know, but I, I was in one, I think it was for like cbssports.com or something. And I, I won the pool and I got like a hundred dollar Paramount plus credit. So huh. I basically have Paramount plus free for like two years now. I I did not win last year, but I was pretty close. I think I, I got Gonzaga. I got I got my championship game right. I had predicted that the uh, I had predicted the title game would be Gonzaga Baylor, um, but I did not get Houston or UCLA in the final four. Yeah, and I had I had so many brackets like it was hard to keep track because I was in. I get I get a little bit crazy with it, and then I forget like. I try to keep it pretty consistent and kind of have like one like in integrity bracket where I'm going to try to be not like hedge my bets, but then I get, I, I get lost in like, I couldn't remember who I did, what, where, but anyway, but I'm hoping a lot of the same this year. We're going to have a lot of big 12 teams in the tournament. I believe, you know, a good, a good portion of the conference is going to be in the NCAA tournament in March madness. So we'll, uh, we'll definitely get to talk about that. Definitely talk about selection Sunday and seating. Um, I fully expect on the women's side that they're going to put LSU and Baylor in the same region. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I have no doubt about that. Um, The men, I'm pretty confident they're going to get a a one seed at this point. Yeah, as long as they don't, if they lose to Iowa State and lose like early in the Big 12 tournament, I could see them losing that. But if they beat Iowa State, I think it's pretty much locked that they'll be they'll be a one seed. But their their quad one wins are just like I don't know if there's anyone close. Uh, Kansas is close. Kansas is close. Okay. Yeah, playing in the Big 12 helps because pretty much everybody you play is a (laughs) one. So. I thought I had a special question. Switch gears and go to our pop culture. What are you watching? That portion of um, of our podcast. Now, I'm going to spring this on you. Are you familiar with the movie that's opening up this weekend? The Batman. The Batman. Okay. So I wanted to know, like, what is your relationship with Batman growing up, or are you a Batman fan, or how how did you come about knowledge of Batman as a character. Uh, so Batman is, if not my favorite, he's a top three superhero for me. I love Batman growing up. Um, I, I can't tell you how I got, I just, I've always remembered Batman being kind mm-hmm. of a part of my life. Um, in fact, in my room from when I was a very small child until I left for college, I had a it was laminated, I think, or it was like we had like plastic over it. It was a like a cardboard or a construction paper cutout, probably like a foot and a half wide of the Batman logo, just like a yellow Batman logo yeah. that I had signed by Adam West. Um, and yeah, like growing up, I loved the the Michael Keaton movies. Um, and then, of course, the craziness that was the Val Kilmer and George Clooney era. I watched all of the cartoons. Um, man, I even watched like, what was it like Batman 2000 or like whatever, where it was like the, the future Batman. 
um, oh, yeah. where he where he was like old and training like a younger guy. Well, I I still will go watch some like Mask of the Phantasm um, yeah. and some of those. Now, more recently, I have not consumed a ton of Batman content. Like I don't watch Harley Quinn, which I think is a pretty popular um, animated show that's on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, but I do, I adored the Nolan movies, um, the dark Knight and Batman begins more than dark Knight rises, but, um, I still thought that they were all great movies. In fact, I watched dark Knight just a few days ago. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love Batman to death. I had not been excited about this new film, but everything that I'm reading and hearing is that it's amazing and we need to go see it. So I, I, I will. Yeah, so I was the same boat, like as far as like I haven't been super psyched about DC films. You know, like I didn't see the Justice League at all. So I've seen all of the DC movies in in theaters. I just I was always when it came to like comic books, I read more DC stuff than I did Marvel stuff. Like Marvel always felt like kind of kid stuff to mm-hmm. me. Um and DC was like the, the this is the cool this is the cool stuff. Um, so I always read a little bit more DC stuff than I ever did Marvel. Um, and Watchmen is still to this day one of my favorite books. I love yeah. I love Watchmen. I did not like the movie, and I mean that all. I guess that can segue us into Zack Snyder territory. But um, yeah, I didn't. I haven't. Series I didn't particularly good. love any of the latest DC stuff that that's been coming out for the DC EU. Yeah. I didn't um, just, I mean, going back to answer my own question. So like, I remember like I was, Batman was always my favorite too. And I wasn't a, a DC. I didn't read a lot. of. I read Batman and then, and Spider-Man. And that was about it as far as comics go. So Batman, Spider-Man and X-Men. Those were my things. Yes. Night, me too. I was the same way. And I was a big Wolverine fan. So I was like, those are like my three favorite uh, comic book characters. And then I remember, I guess I was very young. They had like reruns of like the old 60s Batman television show, like the Adam West mm-hmm. cartoonish. And then, <laughs> then they had like Tim Burton's Batman. And so I was like super pumped. And I loved that film. And I loved the even Batman Returns, the follow up. Um, didn't like a lot of the other Batman movies. Uh, I guess the uh, the Joe Schumacher. Val yeah, King like Batman, the thing is, uh, is they're not good, but they're like they're so bad that they're what, fun. Well, I think yes, but I I think I guess it was like I had more of like such a reverence for the character, like I just don't think they took Batman seriously. So it, would, but yeah, they were. I thought they were silly. Yeah, exactly. Like I can go back now and watch the two that have Chris O'Donnell and like Batman Forever and what Batman uh, what was the Batman and Robin, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. And they're horrible films. They're they're just god awful. But they're they are in that realm where they're so bad. They're good. Like you actually I enjoy watching them because you can just laugh at it. And it's like Tom Lee Jones, like. Hates his life when he's filming that movie. Yeah, or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. Is like Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Like, okay, I can. And he's see just it. so over the top, like just Everything giving it was. his all. Yeah, they didn't know how to film comic book movies back then. You know, 
it, and it, it it is really funny because they came out of the Tim Burton era with with Batman and Batman Returns, where you kind of felt like those those they were still a little like weird and quirky, but they were gothic and dark enough. Mm-hmm. But they they were still campy in a way. But then yeah, Joel Schumacher just went way over the top. You remember the bat nipples? Yeah. <laughs> and there's the scene. Oh my god! There's a, I, I, I let's see. It would have had to have been. I think it was Batman and Robin, whichever one had uh, poison ivy. I think in it. I don't remember. But there's the scene where George Clooney has the the bat credit card. <laughs> he says like never leave home without it like <laughs> my thing i remember about that is that also like he crashes through like in a vehicle i think through a wall and it leaves like a perfect like bat symbol like hole yeah. in the wall and i'm like this is <laughs> what's going on here what are we doing it's so bad it's so good though they're colorful i mean you can say that about those two movies is they're they're loaded with color so all that being said then you got a new one coming out. Who would you say was your your favorite? If you, who's your Batman? Ooh, ooh. So so far, the person that I think has been the best. Oh man, I I want to say Bale, but at the same time, I don't want to say Bale. Like. I guess I have to. Like, I don't know if it's like recency biased or what, but yeah, I guess I'll, I'll say Christian Bale. I'm really conflicted because I want to say Michael Keaton. I want to say Michael Keaton too. Batman. I really do. But the thing that always sticks out to me with the Michael Keaton Batman, and it's no fault of his own, is it's a really poorly designed costume, and he couldn't turn yeah. his neck. And I, well, I every time I watch Christian him, Bale. like Christian, the Christian Bale like thing is the whole voice thing just like throws yeah, the me voice every is time. terrible. I think Christian Bale was an amazing Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Like, I really liked Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. Like, having that kind of, you know, to life. Like, he really portrayed, you know, the difference between who Bruce Wayne with any actor when you when you take on the role of Batman. Like, you're you're playing two roles. You're playing Bruce Wayne and and Batman. And he did that great as far as that goes um i'm not a big fan of the Zack snyder universe batman however i'm or i'm of the films I, I do think ben affleck did a great job as like an older kind of beat down batman detective batman with a now, with an with an actual minigun attached to his batmobile yeah so i mean i, I mean i like the the Ben Affleck Batman. A lot of people don't, but I thought it was. I don't. I'm. 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 Whatever on him. Like, you know, there, there's some joking around with like Snyder fans on Twitter over the last couple of days that has been really funny. I don't. Batman versus I've Superman. Seen Dex, to me, I've seen Dex go at him. Yeah, it's it's hilarious, <laughs> and some of them will come after me because I made a comment too. And you know, Affleck was fine. The movies are okay, but they're not. They're not good. Like Batman versus Superman, just it wasn't good. That's the only one I saw in the theaters. Like I didn't see Justice League at all, and then I watched. I've seen part of the the Snyder cut, as they like to call it, and it was fine. And I didn't see 
Aquaman. I mean, a lot of I'm just wasn't a fan of the. I guess like because I wasn't a fan of the first, the Spider, the Batman versus Superman, which I guess is a Batman film. Um, that I just didn't care for the any other films in that universe. The only one that I haven't seen in theaters, besides the Snyder Cut, because it didn't come out in theaters. Yeah. Um, I have. I didn't see Wonder Woman 1984, and I think that was. I, if I remember right, it Not came good, out in like the middle of COVID. So not a good film either. Oh, it didn't come out. In th- did it come out in theaters? Yeah. It that, came was out also, that was also that was also on HBO Max. Yeah. It was, I still haven't watched it all the way through. I started watching it and I, I couldn't finish it. it the it first Wonder Woman was great. Yes. That is, uh, but 84 is not a good film. So I have, I have not watched. I have have one really big problem with that film. Which is? Which is, um, I'm pretty sure she's raping that dude. Who she makes look. Oh yeah, because it's like Chris Pine isn't actually Chris Pine. No, it's like some other dude. And I'm pretty sure they have sex. And he doesn't know about it. Yeah, that doesn't sound consensual. Yeah, so that's my big problem with that with that whole scenario is uh pretty sure Wonder Woman's like a predator at this point in that film. <laughs> so uh um that that takes me out of it every time. Cause I just yeah. think like that is a real person that doesn't know what's going on. Oh, I also have not seen um the redo from James Gunn on Suicide Squad. And that's mainly because the first Suicide Squad was one of the worst movies I've ever watched in theaters. I hated, I have, I don't, there are very few movies that I hated more than I hated Suicide Squad, the first one when I saw it in, in theaters. The only one that I can think of that comes to the top of my head is After Earth, which is still the worst movie I've ever seen in person. Um, but yeah, I, it's, I didn't uh, see that either. I didn't see that. Um... I didn't yeah, see the I, first one. So I saw the first one. I was very excited about it. The whole concept. I, I was stoked for Suicide Squad. And then it just was such a bust that I have not. I haven't even watched the James Gunn version. I have, on the other hand, watched every episode of Peacemaker, which was a hilariously fun show. Yeah, I think. Um, so, yeah. So I, I plan on seeing this film, though. Yeah, like I, I said, hadn't actually at first. Like, it was kind of one of those things where. Yeah, if my wife and I get a babysitter one weekend, maybe we'll go see that movie. But now everything that I've seen about it, uh, we'll, we will actually make the attempt. Yeah, to go. Like people's who opinion that I, I respect and trust say it's a, a good film. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about Batman, and that's kind of, I guess, why I like Michael Keaton's Batman, is because in, in the comics and everything, like, this is like the greatest like detective. Batman is the greatest detective. And I don't know if you see a lot of that in, in the films, Aside from maybe Michael Keaton's the first one. And then that's about it. Because I don't, mm. maybe a little bit Christian Bell. I, it's hard for me to remember if they do a lot of like investigation and Batman being a good detective or it's just mostly blowing stuff up. So, yeah, the Christian Bale ones is he's he's just got all the it, it's it's all deus ex machina, deus ex machina stuff. Like yeah. he doesn't have to be good because he has Lucius Fox who has access to all the technology in yeah. Wayne Corp. So all, all Batman has to do is say, like, I need this to happen. So then it happens. They don't really do much investigating. Um, and then, like, 
the Affleck version, he's able to find Aquaman and the and the other guys. So they like kind yeah. of imply that he's doing it. But yeah, there's yeah, he figures nothing about involved. Wonder Woman, I guess. Yeah. He does some digging and found yeah. some photos. So, so yeah, I mean, you're right. Keaton is the only one that really represents being, as he's known in the comics, like the world's greatest detective. Yeah. So I'm hoping more of that. And things I've seen, it's kind of like you get more of that. with, And it's supposed to be kind of based on like a, a Frank Miller comic. I think it's like, what's it called? Um, like it's supposed to be like year two of him being Batman. It's like he's, he's pretty new at Batman. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a comic like Batman year one is a comic where it's like that first year of taking on that mantle. So this is kind of like in that same mold. You know, he's early on in his career as Batman. So you get more of that feel from it. Yeah. Other that's, than uh, that, that's similar to like the Bale Batman. Yeah. Yeah. You can't with Bale. You got more of a. It a was a very, it was, it was a short lived career overall of Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And you get this full on backstory of. You know, him, you know, tr- you know, all the stuff with. Liam Neeson's character and going back to Gotham and all that. Um, and that's just the first one. And then you, you know, you have the the Bane. Dark Knight Rises, I think is what the Bane. Yeah, one. Dark Knight Rises is Bane. Yeah. And then of course you had the best one, in my opinion, which is the Dark Knight with uh the Heath best Joker as ever. the Joker. Just oh man. That was just it just maybe one of the best acting jobs we've seen in a comic book movie. I mean, ever. like a I, like anyway. I said, I watched it the other day. It's still, it's just transcendent. Yeah, what he did. I mean, he won like posthumously won the Academy Award for that performance. So, yeah, it was like the best performance in any kind of bat, any comic book movie mm-hmm. has been that one. Yeah, hands down, no doubt. Anything else you're watching? So honestly, I have been watching recently over the last week or so in my free time, which I haven't had a ton of, but I've been watching um, a playthrough of the latest from software game, Elden Ring. And yes, I'm watching someone else play the video game because I know how good I am at video games and I'm not good enough to play that one, but I still want to experience it. So I'm watching someone else play it. I've had some bad experience. I've seen people have bad experiences with the with Elden Ring. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a game. So anything from, from software. So you're talking even souls, dark souls, one through three, um, Sekiro bloodborne. Those games are all, they are, they are meant to challenge you as a quote unquote gamer. So, um, though tonight at 11 PM, my pre-order of Gran Turismo seven will be available for me to play. I doubt I'll still be awake, but um but yeah that's the game i will be playing is is the new gran turismo what about you matt what are you watching uh me and my wife started watching yellowstone on peacock so i i binged that uh probably like a month ago i watched i watched a ton of it and i really loved seasons one and two and then it kind of fell off for me personally so i i can't wait to see like how far you get and if you continue to enjoy it yeah so it was really good to start, though. I really liked the first couple. Everyone, seasons. like, I mean, I guess everyone watches it because I mean, it's super. Yeah, that's popular. why I had seen so many people talk about. I was like, let me just watch this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's basically what we did. Everyone was saying like how good it was, and then 
and you know we're like it i think it's like four seasons now so i figured okay well let's we were also we were looking for something that, to watch together because a lot of times we watched separate things so we're like we'll figure something out and so we both were wanted to try that out so we started watching that um see it's the opposite the for us thing. because we always end up watching things together so we have to like find a thing that's like one of us will start watching like oh i kind of wanted to watch that and the other person will be like i i need to do this one at my own pace yeah so like liz doesn't watch she's not a big comic book person so i like i watch all like the marvel stuff disney plus um and star wars stuff that's really not her bag she's more of like the ozark type person dexter true crime type of stuff which and horror and that's kind of not my thing so we kind of go our separate ways but we we do like you know good dramas so we're gonna try out yellowstone and i I think that's the only thing only thing new i'm just waiting for uh moon knight comes out this month on disney plus oh i forgot about moon knight moon knight's gonna be big yeah and then that's about it i don't know if there's anything else anything new that's about it for me. Just mostly basketball and and that. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's what I'm gonna be riding with, man. Um, and that and some baseball this weekend that I'm really excited about. So. Yeah, let me know how all that goes. Um, I haven't been keeping up. I know the baseball and softball started. Haven't been keeping up with it, so I don't know how everyone's doing. But let me know what you think. You get to get to see a. The live show and um, how the uh, the Bears play there in Houston. Yeah, man. We will recap for sure. Well, that's all I have for this evening. Do you got uh, anything else? That's it for me, man. All right. So where can just remind people where they can find you? You can always find me on Twitter at at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, come on by and say hi. What about you, Matt? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Matt D. Workman on Twitter, and you can find the podcast at The Bear Den Pod, also on Twitter. All right, Joe. Well, until next time, uh, enjoy the baseball this weekend and uh, stick them bears. Stick them bears, man. Podcast Network.